0: Welcome to Film Grain, the official podcast of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania and the Greater Erie Film Office. We preview film productions and events in the region and speak with creative entrepreneurs as Erie carves out its part in the wider industry landscape. I'm Jesse Olszewski, Project Coordinator at the Greater Erie Film Office and Filmmaker.
1: My name is Stuart Nash. I'm a filmmaker, cinematographer, guild member, and the director of the Greater Erie Film Office.
2: And I'm John Lyons, filmmaker, teaching artist, and director of programming for the Film Society.
0: This week we'll preview Oscar winner Jojo Rabbit at Film Grain Dinner and a Movie. Our guest is Greg Wendell, owner and operator of Erie Multimedia. And Erie Reader film critic Forrest Taylor will be joining us to review Downhill. Film Grain Dinner and a Movie is our Wednesday night film series. Events take place at the Bourbon Barrel at 1213 State Street in downtown Erie, Pennsylvania. The series features a big screen, upgraded sound, couch and table seating, and great company. Dinner and dessert are buffet-style and included with your admission, vegetarian options every week and gluten-free on request. Plus, table service all night long. This Wednesday night, we are screening Jojo Rabbit, Oscar winner for Best Adapted Screenplay, and an anti-hate satire from writer-director... Taika Waititi, who directed Thor Ragnarok and Hunt for the Wilder Wilder People. People.
2: And his first film, uh, it was called Boy. Which I think you can get on a streamer somewhere because I've watched it and it is also quite good. Um, we also have, um, we ask for 24 hour notice on the gluten free, but another service that we have is we have these personal listening devices um, that Brian, who does our AV at the Bourbon Barrel, uh, also has available
1: for hard of hearing. For
2: hard of hearing. So, um, yeah, and Stu, you've tried those before. You've sampled those, right? Yeah, yeah, they work real they nice. They work well. Yeah. So,
0: um, or if you have someone next to you that's annoying and talks during the movie, <laughs> they kind of help. God, I wonder who that would be. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, whoever. It could be anybody. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, just let us know on Facebook or email us through our website. Um, again, twenty-four hours for both of those and we'll hook you up.
0: And this Wednesday, Jojo Rabbit. The story follows a lonely German boy, Jojo, whose worldview is turned upside down when he discovers his single mother, played by Scarlett Johansson, is hiding a young Jewish girl in their attic. Aided only by his idiotic imaginary friend, Adolf Hitler, Jojo must confront his blind nationalism. Pre-sales for Jojo Rabbit are available through our website, filmsocietynwpa.org.
1: Okay, so today's guest we have with us is Greg Wendell of Erie Multimedia. How you doing, Greg?
3: I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me, you guys. Thanks for being here. Oh, my gosh. You're so welcome.
1: I know a little bit about you. I met you, I think, through Rob Frank originally. Yeah. But uh, do me a favor and give us a little bit of background about yourself. Um, you got a little bit of a dialect going there. Mate, I do have a bit of an accent. Well, Southern g'day. Southern, Southern
2: Erie County? <laughs> Very. Oh,
3: there's so many <laughs> funny stories about this accent. I had a lady say to me the other day, she said, that's a cool uh, Philly accent you've got there. And I'm like, <laughs> a little bit further south you know, in the southern hemisphere. But I guess I'm losing, I'm losing the Aussie accent a bit because uh, I have lived in Erie since 2002. I, uh, I met my wife. She was on one of those study abroad programs. And uh, she told me, hey, I live in this awesome town called Erie, Pennsylvania, and the beaches in Erie are so much nicer than Sydney. So at the time we were in Sydney, Australia. And I just got totally duped. What's same same she like was lying it was bull- <laughs> she conned yeah <laughs> she, she absolutely did. did uh but no actually uh she's got a big italian family out here and i have a very small family back home so uh it made sense to move out here cost of living in these big cities you guys know what that's that's like so we trucked out here in 2002 and have been here ever since yeah and the beaches are still pretty good right? oh here. man just Presque Isle is just I, I love salt
1: it. water and fresh water there's a big difference I you know love it I for mean? at least
3: four months of the year I <laughs> yeah. just I wish I could enjoy it more often but I tell you what Presque Isle is a is a gem yeah I'm, yeah, uh, yeah I'm I am definitely a summer a warm weather dude the winter's just killing me <laughs>
4: yeah.
1: as a film location yeah we try to push the uh the Presque Isle as much as possible oh, so yeah. that is a great spot but you're right it was only four months out of 12 that we really get to utilize it I mean to the I guess that's not, I shouldn't say that. Don't let you out there yeah. now, yeah. right? You can well, yeah, you there. can go out there. That's oh, yeah. what I'm saying. But You I mean, may not come back, but you can go out there. You're not going to go swimming, put it that way. <laughs> Give us a little bit about your background, your yeah. education. Yeah. Uh, like, say, your first, why did you get into yeah. what you do?
3: It's a really interesting story. Uh, so I went to school for aerospace engineering. Ah. <laughs> and I was doing that, and I hated it. And all of the design classes and the creative classes I did very well in. And the fluid dynamics and thermodynamics and statics, gee, I just, it just was not my thing. Um, halfway through that, I was working part time at a casino in Sydney as a dealer. So I'm dealing blackjack and blackjack and roulette. And they had this uh, very big consultant company called Accenture come in and help the casino create some training programs. And part of those training programs were e-learning modules, which involved a lot of video. So we would uh, create these videos that taught the dealers how to deal the game. So special chip handling techniques and correct placement of cards and all that kind of stuff. Who was WE? Uh, WE was uh, Accenture and some of the training staff at okay. the casino. And they pulled me into that project okay. with a the, with the background that I had. Um, And straight away, I fell in love with multimedia and video technology, specifically using video and e-learning to teach people to do things. And from there, I was super lucky. I hooked up with um, a guy who was one of the Accenture consultants, broke off and started his own company, and we created e-learning with a lot of video Components to it for a lot of big companies uh, in in uh, in Sydney, Australia. There, it was time to move at that point. So we came to Erie. That was all, that was in 2002. And I hooked up with a company called Steris Corporation, which is a big medical manufacturer, well, medical life science, all sorts of stuff. They're a billion dollar company. Uh, They hired me as a multimedia specialist. And as you might imagine, they had all sorts of different training programs that they wanted to create for service technicians, sales reps, even internal screencasts for like HR Oracle apps and all sorts of crazy stuff. I was using quite a wide sort of a cadre of tools, you know. It was Macromedia Authorware at the time and then Adobe Flash and all the tools that would go along to help create graphics and assets to support that online training. And it always moved more and more towards video. Uh, Once the company kind of structured how they wanted these internal assets to work, uh, I I wound up working for service engineering, which was purely creating content for service techs to show them how to service equipment. So how to install valves and do a, a proper preventive maintenance procedure. And from there, I mean, I, I did that for nine years and it was
1: fantastic. I was going to say, that sounds like it would have been a great job.
3: Yeah, fantastic job. Stock options, good salary, got to travel around the world. It was it's pretty funny, my, pretty my fun. dad
0: worked for Starris for Get a long here. time. Yeah. My father he, did too. Yeah. Was he probably AMSCO. watched your training videos. Yeah, bag, was it back in the AMSCO yeah, days? Yeah, he was yeah. there when it was yeah. AMSCO.
3: Yeah, so that was cool. And then... Um, but 2000, then, yeah, well, then, and then 2010, 2009, 2010. Uh, Steris decided that they were going to move the manufacturing operations here in Erie to Mexico, which was a big blow for the city. There were, I want to say, it was either 350 or 450 manufacturing jobs that left the city, and there was also 200 or so ancillary staff, which included myself. Some were let go, some were offered reload packages. And at the time, my wife, Lucia, was at Hammett. I had two young kids. So commuting to Mentor, Ohio, which is where my job would have landed, uh, would have been long drives and Lucia would have been like, yeah, you need to help raise these kids too. So figure something out, buddy. So at that time, I made the jump into the freelance world uh, and started creating websites, Went and bought myself uh, my first camera, which was a Sony PD150 mini DV cam nice. <laughs> camera.
1: Oh, dude, made a lot of money with that camera. It was, uh, <laughs> uh,
3: and just kind of moved moved on from then.
1: What's your take on the fact that a lot of industries have left Erie? Oh, jeez. Because it's not just How do Starris. I be positive about this? It's not just Lord. Yeah. I mean, it's Lord. It's GE. It's it's a lot of things. Stu, it because is. Because is, us sitting at yeah. this table right now is a one reason why I think we got into the work we're doing. Yeah. Because we want to find a different industry for Erie. Right, right. So.
3: Look, uh, manufacturing is fantastic. What What these companies do is so cool. It's just a victim of globalization and... You know, shareholders wanting to make sure that they're doing things the most efficient way. And that's been the case for 60 years. You know, gone are the days, you know, people talk about the glory days in Erie, you know, when there was 130,000 people. And, you know, um, it's just been on a really big decline. And I think it's going to be an uphill battle trying to sell the idea of advanced manufacturing and technology-based manufacturing, even though the region's very good at it. Uh, it's just so hard for a fortune 500 companies and big companies to keep operations here when they can do it places that are cheaper. And I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I have a lot of customers that are in the manufacturing space, but what I'd like to see for Erie is definitely an expansion in the breadth of businesses we have here. I mean, if you're not in healthcare or insurance, uh, what are you going to do? You know, you're going to be in a small manufacturing shop or some of these other shops. And, you know, we have some great leadership in the city now that's very different to just a couple of years ago. So I'm all in. I I feel like Erie's going to do amazing things, but I don't know that manufacturing specifically is going to be the way the city
1: ought to go. What's your personal take on which way they should go?
3: You know, I mean, it's so hard not to look at what they're doing in Pittsburgh and just think, why can't we do that? You know, I mean, you have research-certified schools down there. You have Carnegie Mellon and Pitt. And with Carnegie Mellon, you have, you know, Google, Uber, Intel, Apple. You know, you look at uh, Pittsburgh 30 years ago, probably looked a lot like Erie, you know, Rust Belt City trying to, trying to reinvent itself. Uh, with Pitt, you have, um, you know, they're spending, what, $3 billion building uh, the, the best transplant hospital on planet Earth in Pittsburgh, you know, believe it or not. Uh, it's because Pitt is a research-certified school. Our schools are not research-certified. Uh, but they could be. I mean, Mercyhurst has a world-renowned Intel program. Right? Uh, why can't that program? Uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of practical reasons that I don't understand. But it'd be great to see, um, you know, companies like Ernst and Young and and you know the other other big uh, you know consultant companies leverage that Intel capability from those students, do research at that universities, get R1 certified, so that. Uh, Big businesses look at us seriously and say, look, we're going to build buildings in Erie because it's tough. You know, these big companies look at Erie and they say, well, if we want to move there, great. But where are we going to put people? You know, I mean, there's literally no office space left, you know. So these are things that all kind of have to happen. And I think it's going to be a big company making a big decision. Uh, which Somebody's would be good. got to make that first step. Yeah,
1: and, Somebody you know, and we I, gotta I'm we got to clean sure. up the area, too, a little bit and make well, it friendlier and more welcoming for outside productions I, and, and companies uh, and industries. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, dude, coming to Erie, it's, it really is such a nice place. Like, coming from a big city, people are so friendly. And, you know, um, I think that any company that's looking at moving, uh, you know, some, some big operations, Erie is a fantastic choice. You know, just know that there'd be a little bit of work kind of getting through the wall and, and getting a company situated. Where are they going to be? But uh, I think we got to think big. And the great thing we have in the region is the universities. They're already established. They're all fantastic. I've worked for all of them. I haven't worked for Gannon, but I've done work for all of them. And they're great schools. They could be, you know, uh, so, much, so much better and... You know, I'm sure there's there's folks that know this, and I've ranted about this to a million people. And sometimes people say, well, you have a real toxic attitude," and I, I really don't. I just, I just, I really care. You know, and I, you know, look at Pittsburgh. We're a nicer looking city <laughs> than Pittsburgh. It's easier to get around. We could totally be just like Pittsburgh and and house those larger companies. Uh, and we have a great waterfront, and we have you know an awesome cadre of creative folks and the place is just on the cusp of greatness.
2: But it's good that you're yeah. talking about it and not uh, somebody that's just blowing smoke because that's not useful at all, you know? We, Erie needs some tough love. <laughs> Isn't it tiring just hearing people? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's like you got to look at where we are and really, you know. And look around the, the world around you, right? You yeah. Know? And you can see um, cities that have reinvented themselves and ones that are stuck, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which one do you want to be? Yeah. And how do you get there? You don't get there by hoping that the dream manufacturing company is going to come back to here We, yeah, we GE's did that before. Not coming back, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not you're
3: right. Like that. You're right. But I am. I am supportive of manufacturing. I do want to say that, and and I've said to a lot of people, you know, let us know how we can help. Um, you know, and just you know, a a vibrant, thriving. Modern Erie is good for all of us. We all sure. own houses here. We all have families here. You know, it's
1: important. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but, no. you know, I like to put people on the spot. Well, you know me,
3: I like to <laughs> rant. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well, talk to me about Erie Multimedia. That's yeah. your main job yeah. now, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So,
3: Erie Multimedia is my company, uh, and we do video print and web. Yeah. To, 2014 is, is when we really got started with all that stuff. Uh, with all of those areas and we're a full service advertising agency And, and one thing that I like to do is when I work on a project is kind of see how all the pieces fit together if you're just a videographer or you just do copy or you just do websites for people sometimes you're gonna miss really where they should be going as a business from a strategy standpoint and if you build someone a website and they have a product what better way to show how to use it, how to install it, how to maintain it, why it's better, how it works than video, or you know, photos? So I've always had a had a uh, an interest in shooting video, editing video, building of, of websites, um, you know, and all of the pieces that that go into that. And it's a nice it's a nice kind of carry on too when you go into a company that hires you for a project. They may just say, hey look, I'm a catering company. I need a website. I need to show up, you know, in the three pack and in the, in the organic search results. Can you help me do that? I'm like, absolutely. So we'll do that. We'll have a good relationship. And then we'll say, you know what you could use? is a little bit of content marketing. So let's do some videos, let's do some blogs, let's do some other stuff, which is important. And, and those things. Especially, yeah,
1: in this day and age with social media and, and reaching yeah. customers and new clients.
3: Yeah, yeah. And a lot of companies are starting to, you know, hire photographers and hire videographers into their teams, you know, web companies or marketing company, just because it makes sense. A lot of times, you know, you don't always create blogs uh, for people to actually read. <laughs> you create them for search engines, you know. Uh, so, you know, there's a, there's a trick and there's, there's a process to offering a strategic marketing offering and video print and web is, is a big part of that. And that's makes us an advertising agency. Yeah.
1: And who are some of your, uh, clients that we'd recognize some of your work? Yeah,
3: sure. From? Yeah. So we, uh, we do the EMTA's website, Revelier Village. We just did a new one for Meals on Wheels. EMTA um, is
1: the Erie Metropolitan Transit Erie Authority. Erie Metropolitan Transit just Authority. Just yeah.
3: Yeah um so you know those are a couple on the website of things um you know we did logos we created the community access media logo uh, for cam no i was just sitting
1: out in the car today walking in here and i was like i wonder who they got to help them rebrand isn't uh, it a beautiful logo? i did not not realize it was you honestly that
3: was me yeah uh so yeah and then video projects uh right now we are doing some photos for some uh, apartments out in edinburgh Uh, We do a lot of video and and 3D uh, scanning for real estate agents. We have a Matterport camera and uh, we'd originally bought that for other things, but the real estate business, we do a little bit of real estate work with that. Um, You know, we do, you know, that that content marketing strategy video we do with a lot of agents where we might, um, you know, talk about their properties that they have upcoming and then also short vignettes just around, you know, what it's like living in Erie. Uh, if there's a nonprofit that they're working with, just keeping them in the social feeds,
1: to stay in the focus of the public. Otherwise, right. you're going to be forgotten so quickly. Yeah,
3: yeah, know. yeah, yeah. So we do uh, we do a fair bit of nonprofit work as well. So we've done uh, we did the videos for the March of Dimes um, evening, as well as Erie School District. We've done a few videos for those
1: guys as well.
3: Erie Rise, we've done some video work for those guys, too.
1: One other thing you do, oh, yeah. which I absolutely think is awesome because I kind of forgot how much fun it is to do live sporting events, is the uh, Bayhawks Basketball NBA. You are
3: right. I totally forgot. And there's a game tomorrow. How could I forget?
1: Yeah, we, uh, we handle
3: live streaming for the Erie Bayhawks, uh, which involves a three-camera shoot, a switching, and a live stream that we send out, as well as instant replay. And the the instant replay is what's really interesting. It's actually the main reason for having that crew in in place is to be able to allow the referees to review plays very quickly if something happens. In basketball, there's buzzer beaters and, you know, shot clocks and you have to know this stuff. And coming from Australia, this was a learning curve. You know, back home, it's, it's rugby and cricket and... And not a lot of basketball. Yeah. There's a little bit of basketball. <laughs> just checking. So yeah, just checking. But no, it's it's really exciting. Um this year the Bayhawks affiliated with the New Orleans Pelicans for the first time and that made us what's called an expansion team. So the Bayhawks uh had to purchase their own streaming equipment and I was the point guy for that. Mm. And boy what a process that was. Yeah. So we use uh new tech tricasters, new tech three players, we're using black magic cameras. Uh we Take an audio feed from an announcer that we put over top. We have the ability to um, have these games connect with uh, ESPN Plus and other uh, affiliates that we will patch in to their feed, give them the game feed, and coordinate breaks, you know, commercial nice. breaks, yeah, over the phone. So it's pretty sophisticated. It is really exciting. And Stu, I know you worked. About two weeks, or were, about a week ago. Yeah, mate, you, you rocked it. I have not, and obviously because you're an experienced, uh, you know, videographer, um, it's very exciting, you know, and and what's unique about the Bayhawks, a little bit different to other sports in Erie, is that, you know, these are NBA contract
1: uh, athletes. You had mentioned that. Yeah, talk yeah. about that.
3: So we have what's called two-way players, and a two-way player has a contract with the team, where the team will give them, you know, x amount of money to just stay with the team and be available, and they may be sent up to play with the team if their game's real good, or if someone gets injured and they need they need someone to fill that spot, or they may just go with the you know the top tier team for five days and sit on the bench, and make a whole bunch of money and then come back to Erie and keep on playing. Um, so and then there's uh, there's other players that are trying to get those those two way contracts. So there's a vast amount you know of difference in terms of. The money that these guys make, but, you know, some of the caliber of players we get in Erie, uh, if you've ever heard of a guy named uh, Steph Curry, his little brother, Seth Curry, played with the Bayhawks, uh, I want to say, three years ago. And, you know, it, ju- just like his brother, you know, his three-point average is better than his two-point He would just light up the court every game. And he'd run past the production table, you know, give me five before I got to touch. (laughs) (laughs) I got to touch. Seth Curry was the greatest thing ever. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I mean, these are the caliber of players that you get. And, um, you know, folks looking for a good night out, you know, certainly the Bayhawks is a fantastic night out. Uh, And it's fun to do. It's it's kind of fun to do those um, more intense Productions sometimes where things can maybe go wrong. You guys know what
1: live productions. Oh yeah, are something current. always goes wrong. It's not a production unless. Yeah, it's not
3: wrong. something goes wrong. Yeah, so you know you've got a bunch of feeds coming in. If things start to wobble, is the processor going bad? Is a cord going bad? Has an operator been crushed by a two hundred and fifty pound dude? You know, driving <laughs> through to the hoop ah uh, that's why we sign those waivers zone. yeah i'm <laughs> like why can't
1: i stand say? up man why can't i no be standing like, oh, up, you have to be on your it's, it's indian style indian style, style
3: for your own protection <laughs> besides yeah. your
2: operators is mm. it you mainly running everything oh yeah so in the yeah,
3: in the room crew. yeah it's a good question yeah so we have three operators one's a high camera which is at middle of the court uh, camera operators uh two camera operators one under each hoop and they film the action coming to either side and the wide shots job is to fill everything back of house. You have three other individuals. You have a graphics operator and their job is to feed through the clock and score, which we overlay mm. over the show and also provide uh, starting lineup, graphics, matchup graphics. If we have a shooter at the, um, at the free throw line we will from a server import their stats for the game and just bring that up real quick wow. and put it down yeah so that's your graphics person graphics guy that. orchestrates all oh, that right. you have a replay operator his job is he's the busiest guy in the room he, and logs, he does a great job by the way oh yeah i was yeah. really impressed with that tom tom Belos. this is actually the first year he's done that job full time and you got to have really fast fingers yes you do yeah oh. so he's uh logging every clip of the game so when a You know, the home team is number one, the away team is number two. So if number 11 makes a three pointer, it's gonna be one, 11, three, enter. And we've just recorded all three views for our three cameras and a fourth view, which has the score overlay. Hmm. So for whatever reason, referees need to review that, we can go right back to the clock, literally wind a wheel back, go back to two minutes 38 and advance frame by frame and see whether the shot actually got off or whether a foot was behind the line and that's just amazing tech. And you've got, you've got, you know, four streams of 1080 being recorded on the fly, on these amazing fast new tech machines. It's it's a lot of, of cool stuff. And then after the game, we put together uh, like a content package for the NBA. So that's highlights, play of the game, and what we call a melt file. And a melt file is every play of the game that we log. And then we upload that to the NBA servers at the end of the game. And those guys will cut, them, cut out, you know, what they need for their promos. Uh, and then we're out of there, and then we're back. How many people the on
2: the crew are local, yeah. party, would you say? These are all local guys, oh, yeah, great. and
3: the, the Bayhawks employ us all. So, um, you know, and I'm I'm the, uh, uh, the technical director for the game, so I'm running a TriCaster, and I'm switching between camera views, taking replays, talking to the guys and telling them, what to do, and how fabulous they are. especially so you're editing Steve. on the fly and
2: <laughs> running on oh, yeah. run the whole crew. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Fun. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think it's great cause, job, man. Yeah. It's, it's a fun job. Everybody's local, which is awesome. Yep. It yeah. is good money. Yeah. You know, it's not a full day of work. You're in there for, like, four to five hours, yep. depending. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd like to give one, hopefully, uh, uh, plug for you guys that the BayHawks or the con- uh, convention center can find you perhaps a better office space. <laughs> you uh, know what? You're tucked you, in the back there, dude.
3: I, I will take that space any day of the week because prior to that, like you've seen all that gear. Right. We had to set that up. We were at the, out at the scorers table where Rob Frank sits now. We had to set that up every single game. It was a 4 p.m. to midnight. Grinding, and I know endeavor. that feeling too, yeah.
1: because that's how my setup oh, was when I was at the school yeah. districts. Every so, time it's like setting up your home enti- home entertainment system. Yep. Every time you want to watch something,
3: every co- every patch through, every split, we had to have all those cables set.
2: So this so, is an improvement, Stuart. Yes,
1: it this is, is, is an improvement, but they need to improve <laughs> upon it even more. Well,
3: shout out, shout out to the guys uh, at Erie Insurance Arena. Uh, Ed Snyder there is just an absolute rock star. If you're doing an event at that arena there is nothing that Ed Snyder does not know and he is always willing to lend us a headset if something breaks or a cable and uh, a true professional very very you know grateful for that space and that room and I would never complain about that room I want that room intact so i don't know where you're going there well, Steve. maybe going to give you some air
1: freshener or something like You know that. what there
3: was there's a little odor in that room but let's just call it buddy we have an air freshener now dude if you work another game uh, tom put one up in the uh, uh in the in the air condition airflow so it's okay smells like a Roses. tiptoe through the tulips
1: <laughs> okay now we we're talking about crew and you said everyone is local yeah. but from what i noticed uh because you kind of pulled me in at the last yeah. minute You sometimes are hurting for crew, qualified crew. You know what they're doing. Definitely, yeah. Um, So,
3: yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, Um, You know, things happen. People get sick. Uh, The flu was going around Erie there a couple of weeks ago. I think it still is. is. Yeah, so, you know, two guys, three guys, you know, call off, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I need bodies to run a camera here. So, um, you know, we have a list, and we run through the um, – You know, we we try to use seniority uh, for folks that are there. But, hey, if you're a videographer and you love, um, you know, you'd love to be involved in this, definitely get a hold of me. Yeah, definitely get a hold of me. Greg at we will put you on the list. Stu can attest. It's a ton of fun. Uh, It really is fast-paced and cool. Um, And there's some some good money there, too. You know, you'll get paid a day rate. um, Well, you kept telling me,
1: too, that uh, I lucked out. Because it was a buzzer beater at the end of the game oh, and it was a really nice yeah it was a good game you Dude. know but you said they're not always like that, is so, that? no they're
3: yeah. not always like that but that was exciting we won yeah, that, that game on the bell game. yeah and and that was fantastic you know so yeah some great sports in erie and we'll at least have another couple of years of basketball
1: here it's good and do you ever yeah. go on the road or do you just strictly stand
3: no we're we're strictly home games okay yeah but, but the guys are like i don't know how they do it they will play a home game and then they'll get in a bus and they will drive to Texas. Indiana or yeah they
1: drive all over the place I saw that. I was it's like, crazy
3: yeah yeah I fly all over and drive all over it's a it's a grueling season um but yeah definitely if you haven't been to a Bayhawks game come check it out it's exciting yeah fantastic
1: yeah. economical good oh, times yeah I think it's 10 bucks right and then they have dollar the nights ticket. too and all that good stuff yeah so, yeah. yeah
3: the beer is cold yep it's all good
1: all right uh well you also did a little adjunct instructing at Mercyhurst.
3: I did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, talk So ba- about that. Right, so back in the day um, when I did a job for Mercyhurst um, that they won, like, a Best in Show Addy for, actually, which was really cool, and this was, yeah, this was good. Um, Jody Hopper, who's the chair of the graphic design department at Mercyhurst, I think, reached out and asked me to teach uh, a Flash class there, which was called... Um, Digital marketing and interactive design. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Flash was fantastic. Yeah. Apple yeah. killed Flash. Yeah, they um, did, I'm still peeved about mm-hmm. that. Uh, so anyway, yeah, we taught. Uh, I taught Flash there for a couple of years, and then after that, um, I taught out at Mercyhurst Northeast, which was really cool. Actually, you have a different kind of student out there, you know, um, because that's a two year school, obviously, and uh, there's a lot of athletes out there. Mm-hmm. And that was that's that was a lot of fun. I really tried to make that class fun. It was just uh, intro to videography, something along those lines. Com two
1: forty digital video production.
3: That's it. Oh, <laughs> Comp wow. 240. Were you in the class? Stu, <laughs> Stu is in the back.
1: <laughs>
4: he had you may be
3: checking a, me out more yeah. than once. That is it. Yeah. I sat in. You did. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So we, um, you know, we, I tried to make that class as fun as possible. The textbook for that class was called How to Make Videos That Don't Suck. And <laughs> it, it was it's 10 bucks off Amazon, right? Because I'm like, oh, I went to college. I know what it's like spending $260 on a yeah. textbook. There's no way in hell that's going to happen. So, um, you know, we did a lot of work with local businesses. We did some video for the chamber. We went just in northeast there. We did the coffee shop. We did the uh, flower shop. So the students could, you know, get that experiential learning where they're putting together a script and a shot list, they're interfacing with clients, they're going on site, so they're seeing all the challenges with all of that, Um, shooting the raw clips and then editing together pieces, you know, just like a two-minute, this is how, you know, the Bean out in Northeast, this is how we grind coffee and how we all got started and what we're all about. So they would all put together individual videos because the classes were small enough, which was really cool, and then we would critique them uh, and just... Talk about some different effects, and we only—it's only—it's only a semester class, uh, relatively short class. So we we got into you know some color grading, some audio leveling. Um, didn't go super hardcore into the advanced tools. We're using Premiere as the editing tool, but by the end of that course, everybody came out of there you know with a good knowledge of cameras. Um, uh, you know, gimbal cameras. We had an Osmo that we used for. Uh, you know, gimbal stabilized shots and uh, Nikon D850 for 4K video. So they were able to work with different formats and different workflows, Uh, came up with some good stuff. Yeah. So that was good. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I can't remember the future of Mercyhurst Northeast right now, but anyone that's doing a marketing degree or a, any kind of creative degree that's able to do that kind of class and understand, you know, lighting and how to record audio for an interview-style video, and just how to frame up a shot, some basic color, some basic uh, um, uh, editing skills. That's going to take you a long way. If you're getting into a job where you're going to be curating or responsible for creating content and you have that capability, I think Mercyhurst is right on the ball teaching those sorts of classes. And I know those other classes exist at our other... Or some schools as well but sure yeah even if you're not actually doing that maybe you're interfacing with vendors and you know the questions to ask
1: now you'd mentioned premier and earlier today we were talking uh you'd said you're gonna move over to resolve why would you ever do that? I'm, I'm looking.
3: <laughs> <laughs> do you have some experience? You must have a story. I do. That's why. A lot yeah. of it just, I initially. were on that train. Well, and they keep yeah. making
1: upgrades to their software, but I yeah. came out when it was uh Resolve Lite, and uh, I think it was a Resolve 13 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And it was just chop, chop, hack, hack. And it was, yeah. you know, Resolve was a coloring software, is yeah. a coloring software. Yeah. Uh, So talk to me a little bit about that. Why are you deciding to do that?
3: So, yeah. So um, I've been following Blackmagic for a while. We use, uh, you know, obviously we use their cameras uh, for the live broadcast. And who doesn't have some kind of Blackmagic component in their bag of tricks? Um, You know, I go to NAB every year in Vegas. In fact, that's coming up here in April. And just in terms of what you can get, like if you look at the Blackmagic Pocket 6K camera, which is a $2,600 camera, and then you have a red camera, which is a $50,000 camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's a really good video on YouTube, and I wish I could remember it now, but this, these guys compare these cameras, and you know, you've 14 stops of dynamic range on your Black Magic, 16 on the red. Other than you know, some really specific shots like shooting into the sun, where the red will capture those areas of shadow and light a little bit better than the Black Magic. Mm-hmm. You really can't tell the difference, you know. And I mean, there's no inbuilt stabilizer on the Blackmagic, and the autofocus is, is not, um, you know, where it should be yet. But for, for 2600 bucks, that is a, a beast of a camera. All those formats that you can get, and pair pair that with Resolve, and what I've I, I did one of the Resolve color classes at NAB last year. And you know the node workflow and being able to just color match shots from that you shot at eight in the morning and then eight p.m. at night, or and just have things just work. It's slick. It's super slick. I mean, have you used one of the control
1: panels before? Yeah,
3: yeah. So just, just, uh, just briefly, um, I've used one of those guys, and there's so much to know, and I haven't really even scratched the surface yet. And you don't need the panels, but Great. the panels help a lot. So yeah, that's one of my goals this year. If there's budget for capital equipment, is just kind of make that switch. And you know, I mean, the panel's not bad. The software's free. The camera's not bad. It's just going to be the lenses that are going to. There's
1: a panel at gear. Greater Here Arts. Oh, there, there is. is. <laughs> yeah.
3: So I'll be hooking up with that with yeah. those guys. Talk to yeah. Rob about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah Does he use please it? Please use that. Yes. Cause yeah. It needs to be used. It Needs to be used. Oh, used. My God, is it the, is it just the mini? No, no. no it's or the, the, full big, full uh, uh, the big butt. Holy mackerel! Right. Jeez, you guys gonna let me walk out of there with that? <laughs> That's back not
2: in, our back call. In no, it's <laughs> yes. not our call. You talk yeah. to talk to yeah. Rob. And talk it, to yeah. And, yeah.
3: So yeah, no, we haven't we haven't switched over to that uh, that workflow yet. Uh, but I'd love to. Yeah. Just and just learn a little bit more about color. It makes it so more much more forgiving. If you shoot some video and you're not 100 percent happy with the lighting, or there's something that you just uh, you know, oh crap, sure. we we messed up. This just doesn't look right. You, you can't fix that stuff with the tools in Premiere. You're gonna, you're gonna mess around a lot. Um, if you, if you, uh, you know, are able to hire a colorist or learn about color, um, you're gonna be in a much more forgiving workflow. So that's the theory behind there looking you. at Resolve and Blackmagic. Yeah.
2: I mean, I'm, I'm curious turn to turn the clock back a long ways yeah um i mean you really changed gears from when you first started your studies yeah yeah were you always interested um in the creative side as a as a kid did you Mm. you know tinker around with dad's video camera or draw comics or (coughs) write stories or because it seems like you really gravitated yeah you yeah. know, a certain direction. Oh, it was it was meant to be, mate. I
3: really... That moment where I was pulled into that team working with some of the most amazing creators in Sydney was that was the... I kind of lit you up. That was the moment. Yeah, but, uh, dude, I started out... I, I'm a big guy. I started out... The whole thing with aeronautical engineering came about because uh, I wanted to be a fighter pilot. <laughs> like every young kid, oh, I'm going to... You know, once you see Top Gun, you're like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> the girl, the motorbike, the... Uh, <laughs> that Talk to me, Use. Yeah, <laughs> so... Um, I tried to make that happen, and you know, the they great, tried to the make great Top s- Gun happen. Yeah, I tried to right. make it happen. Yeah, I would well, try to make that career happen. And I did. I did what's called work experience in Australia with the uh, with the Australian Air Force, and was at an armaments um, base, and hung out with some 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 jokers out there. Those were fun guys, uh, and it was cool. And you know, I'm like, well, realistically. Australia has six F eighteens that mm-hmm. defend its entire uh, uh, you know, coastline. That's now, some stiff competition. That's some stiff competition. <laughs> so the whole country? Right, the whole country. Now yeah. Australia the size of Australia is the same as the US. Right. <laughs> well and this is back in nineteen ninety, you know, one or two better so be Maverick. we might have a few <laughs> right, I better be good, right? We might have a few uh, other aircraft these days, but you know, realistically, you know, fewer chosen. Uh, next best thing is if I can't fly these aircraft, I can design them. I can work on them. So uh, I worked my butt off uh, in school. I got into aerospace engineering, which is a tough program to get into. And you know, it just, you know, by th- halfway through third year, I, I talked to a lot of the guys who are in their final year. And one guy was gonna was excited because he he got. Uh, an offer to work for a company in Sydney to figure out wind currents between buildings in Sydney. And I'm like, that's just bullshit. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Yeah. And there was like, there's like one dude like in the whole,
2: it, yeah. You know, on a yeah with so, a
3: well, no, that's not going to be me. Maybe that won't be me either. But I mean, you're right. So, so then, uh, you know, out of that whole class, there was one dude who got a job with a Formula One racing team in the UK working in wind tunnels and stuff. So he, that, that sounded cool. But the rest of the jobs, aeronautical engineering and mechanical engineering are basically the same types of engineering until the fourth year. Where you specialize a lot in your, your thesis and so, so forth involved in some sort of aircraft or software project. Uh, and I was, uh, I'd moved out of home. So I was working at the casino to, to pay my rent and buy beer and do what you need to do when you're in college. And you know, this opportunity came out, it really was meant to be. And once I started working and I'm moving things around and making things animate and writing code, I'm like, Oh, this is fun. This is sweet. It's nothing like what I'm doing, you know, across the, across the road there. So it was just meant to be. And I, I was very, very lucky. Uh, To fall into the jobs that I've had Mm -hmm. with that. And, uh, um, you know, this was, gosh, 1998. You know, we were creating some really hardcore content that we delivered on CD ROMs back then. You know, and what's that?
1: Just, yeah, right. (laughs) Just kidding. That's the thing your coffee's
4: sitting on there. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I got one more thing I just want to talk about, perhaps maybe, yeah, uh, well, or a few other fun things, perhaps. But uh, yeah. you're also a board member here at CAM. Yes, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that. What do you do for it, and perhaps how it has CAM transitioned in the last few years. Yeah,
3: yeah. So I feel really passionate about CAM. I, uh, um, you know, being a guy that really struggled to find his flow with with higher ed, and you know, making a, a very difficult switch and and taking some risks. It's like. You know, you know, going to university can be daunting with the the finances, the money that it costs. Uh, once I found out about CAM and I, I was, I saw what the organisation was about and all that opportunity, all that equipment, all those classes, and and the community aspect of it. I'm like, oh, I got to be involved in this. It's so cool. Um, so we, um, uh, you know, I got very close with the folks, um, the various administrations that worked here. Uh, and just, you know, put my hand up to be a board member. And since then, uh, you know, Jake and Tom uh, have just taken the, the lead and just transformed the place. I mean, if you'd seen this place 18 months ago, you thought you would have thought you stepped in a time machine back to the 80s. You know, uh, the podcasting booth, the Blackmagic cameras, the co-working space, we're going to put out the back there. Um, I'm on the committee to kind of help that come along. And I'll talk a little bit more specifically about that but it's just such a great resource and we're growing and we had issues where our funding was cut so we kind of reinvented ourselves and really thought hard about how can we get more content creators in here more members more people using the place for other than just you know shows shows that would show on the TV channel because really the viewership was very low the content was very specific to a lot of different areas you had spiritual shows you have workout guys you have chefs that's really niche content, but the one thing that's constant across the board is everyone wants to be a content creator. Everyone has their own stuff, so let's make the place for content creators. And once YouTube came along, came along it's like, yeah, you know, let's just let's focus on that. So we we got some grants. Um, we upgraded uh, the studio. We have Blackmagic Switcher, Blackmagic cameras. We're looking at creating a video co-working space in that back room out there to. Accommodate, you know, guys like me, really, you know, that are that are content creators that do a lot of video uh, where they can, you know, get a key to the building, have access to the studio a lot, have clients that they do a lot of projects for and schedule, you know, multiple shoots or multiple media sessions on one day. And that makes a, makes a lot of sense. And if we can monetize that space uh, a little bit as well to help offset some other expenses, as well as bring more people in here, people of all ages, you know, are, are all welcome. And once you get the stuff in your hands, you'll, you'll love it. You know, it's, there's something, um, freeing and fun about just being your own, you know, con- content creator. Yeah. If you've got something you want to talk about, it doesn't matter how crazy it is or what, what you think other people think about it. You just, this is the place you can do it for like, what is it? 80 bucks a year. I'm a yeah, board member. I should know. Right. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. I mean, the resources are tremendous. I know yeah. we talk about it all the time oh, and you yeah. beat the drum. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's it's Jacob and the team and your board have truly turned this place around. So yeah. yeah I kudos. always
0: pitch memberships. I, I meet so many filmmakers and I'm like, well, you have to get a cam membership yeah. for that low yearly fee to be able to come in and use the studio and they have gear you can take out. Like if mm-hmm. there's filmmakers that want to go shoot their own projects. Yeah. You don't have to go to a big rental house or go on Amazon and buy your own camera. You just Absolutely. pay that. And talk to one them too. Give them a
1: compelling argument to buy more equipment, and uh, yeah. I, I see they're very uh, open to that. As, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, they're, the they're thing very frugal and they're very smart about yeah. their budget. But
3: the big thing now is the server, the TV server that runs the broadcast is, right. has been just hobbled together and kept together with a you know with a breath and a prayer for the last twenty years. So I think we've got. of the funding for that, it's a big chunk of change. So once we get that squared away, so we're not teetering on the edge of complete failure, uh, we will definitely be looking more along the lines of uh, field tools, more run and gun, uh, you know, sorts of camera uh, deals, specific setups, you know, here's an interview kit, here's a, you know, a slider stabilizer kit or something that you might want to do if you're looking to get more creative shots and also, more specialized classes, too, you know, people who want to extend editing from just basic chopping and pasting, and here's my video to, let's think about-
1: Colored class, know. compositing. Yep, yep. compositing, yep. Be now awesome. you're talking. Then, we'd be, be, then we would be building the crew base, too, in Erie, which, you know, retainment, retention, yeah. all that good stuff.
3: So you, you touched on something there I want to talk about real quick, the, the crew side of things. So part of what you get here with your membership is, Uh, There's a very uh, strong sense of community here. So when you become a member, engage with the other members. Turn up to the annual dinner, check out the boards um, that are available uh, on the CAM website for who's doing what kind of project. And if you can lend a hand, you know, and ask for help as well on on your own project. If you help someone grip for a day or run lights or maybe someone's really not comfortable with cameras but you know your stuff, I've done that a couple of times myself with some people help them set up and frame shots and and, you know one-on-one with them and then later when you need a crew and you need an extra set of hands you can call in those favors and and that's what's great about this that's why a co-working space you know really makes sense too because you guys know you know you can't always do a shoot with one dude yeah
2: (laughs) you know yeah one man bands are a thing of the past yeah Yeah. ask me i mean and people who
1: think they can do it all on their own (laughs) i think the product usually speaks for itself Yeah, you know, I mean, unless you're a total genius, but that's not the case in this world. In the turnaround, it's not the case in Hollywood. Doesn't always work, right? Exactly, exactly. Well, that's awesome what you guys are doing. Well, Greg,
2: thank you so much for joining us. It's been good uh, hearing your story and getting to know you, man. Yeah, mate,
3: you too, and thanks so much, you guys, for uh, for having me on here. I'm definitely going to tune in to uh, uh, what you guys are doing. It's so good that the uh, the creative space, especially around film. Uh, and video content has a voice, and you guys are it. And uh, thank you for that. That's going to be great for Erie.
2: Next up is Forrest Taylor with a review of Downhill.
4: Hello, this is Forrest Taylor, film reviewer for The Reader with another film review for you. Uh, Today I am reviewing Downhill, a movie directed by Nat Faxon and Jim Rash, uh, based on the Danish film Force Majeure, directed by Ruben Ostlund. It's interesting that upon winning the Golden Globe for best foreign language film this year, Bong Joon-ho famously said, once you overcome the one-inch barrier of subtitles, you'll be introduced to so many more amazing films. How coincidental then that one month after that, we get a film that is a remake of a perfectly fine, perfectly serviceable, and perfectly accessible foreign film. Uh, This film, follows. Follows a family in Austria on a skiing trip during a controlled avalanche. Father Pete has sort of an impulsive reaction and kind of runs off, leaving his family behind. This creates kind of a rift in their relationship and could threaten their entire marriage, him and his wife, Billy. Likely first film, Force Majora, this is a kind of tragicomic take on marriage dynamics and gender roles, as well as pointing out the oddly funny sense that um, going on vacation often is more stressful and more nerve-wracking than... uh, you know your your day-to-day life. However, this film has a much more broad American-style comedy take to it, as opposed to the slice of life take of the original film. It's a shame because the film itself is very charming and occasionally funny. There are some good performances, including one fantastic performance by Julia Louis-Dreyfus as Billy. Uh, but it just feels so wholly unnecessary, especially in the wake that we've now have our first ever foreign language uh, Oscar winner for Best Picture. The film is. Again, like I said, perfectly serviceable, but there's just a so much better version of it that's already been out, so it seems wholly unnecessary. Just don't be afraid of subtitles. Uh, Downhill is currently playing in theaters. It stars Will Ferrell, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Zach Woods, Chloe Chow, and Miranda Otto. I gave it two and a half stars. Again, it would be higher. The acting is fine. The the, um, scenes are, for the most part, entertaining and charming, but it just feels like a completely unnecessary film.
2: Thanks, Forrest. That's been our episode. You can buy tickets for Jojo Rabbit and the rest of our 2020 programming at filmsocietynwpa.org or at the door the day of the event. Next week's guest will be Rebecca Stein, VP of Ventures for Erie Innovation District, owner of Room 33, actress and musician. Make sure and follow us on social media. You'll find all the tags and links in the show notes for this episode. Until next time, this was Film Grain.